This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Before we get rolling, a quick shout out to two of my Patreon supporters in the Star Chamber tier, Denny Bladell and Kirk Schimmel. Denny and Kirk, thank you so much for your incredible support. You, you two have been uh, so generous and kind and loyal, and I really can't thank you enough. Uh, incidentally, if you want to support the work we do here at Strange Planet, go to patreon.com slash strangeplanet. And there are a number of uh, donor tiers to choose from. Any amount, greatly appreciated. Patreon.com slash strangeplanet. Carlos Kajina is the technical producer. Ryan White is the live stream producer and we are live streaming on our youtube channel strange planet Uh, although i can't honestly say it'll be up for very long who knows the live stream could even be taken down while we're streaming who knows (laughs) and that's because my guest tonight and for the full two hours is not on the list of approved experts despite having a long and distinguished career as a research scientist You may have heard of a a documentary featuring Dr. Judy Mikovits called Plandemic, which went viral. It examines the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, it it did go viral, and that is before being banned on YouTube, and then it was available on BitChute. But if you tried to pass the link around to your friends via Facebook or Twitter, then you risked, of course, being thrown in the social media penalty box or worse. So why is... (laughs) <laughs> Dr. Judy Mikovits, so radioactive. Why aren't we supposed to speak with her? Why aren't we supposed to listen to what she has to say? Why aren't we supposed to put her on radio programs like this? We are about to find out. Uh, I've received a few Facebook messages, a few emails saying just that. Why are you having her on? She's been discredited. You shouldn't be speaking with her. And I'll tell you, I don't like it. When I'm told I can't speak to someone or hear someone speak because some bureaucrat or public health official or a politician says these are the approved list of experts. And anybody who doesn't agree with these experts must be silenced or dismissed. And that always, first of all, gets me angry. It also raises my suspicions. This is not the way 
an open and free democratic society is supposed to operate. And it makes me even more determined to want to speak to that person, to give that person a platform so that you can decide for yourselves. Judy A. Mikovits, PhD, has spent her life training to be a research scientist to honor her grandfather, who died of cancer when she was a teenager. Dr. Mikovits earned her BA from University of Virginia and a PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology from George Washington University. In her 35 plus year quest to understand and treat chronic diseases, she studied immunology, natural products, chemistry, epigenetics, virology, and drug development. In just over 20 20 years, she rose from an entry-level lab technician to become director of the Lab of Antiviral Drug Mechanisms at the National Cancer Institute before leaving to direct the cancer biology program at Epigen X Pharmaceuticals in Santa Barbara. There, in 2006, she became attracted to the plight of patients with chronic fatigue syndrome and autism. In only five years, she developed the first Neuroimmune Institute from a concept to a reality and is primarily responsible for demonstrating the relationship between immune-based inflammation and these diseases. She's published over 50 scientific papers and she is the co-author along with Kent Heckenlively of Plague, One Scientist's Intrepid Search for the Truth About Human Retroviruses and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Autism and Other Diseases, Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, and The Case Against Masks, 10 Reasons Why Masks, Mask Use, rather, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited. So now I think you're starting to get the idea why Dr. Mikovits is seen by the mainstream media and others as controversial. Dr. Mikovits, welcome aboard. How are you tonight? I'm wonderful, Richard. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, There's so much to discuss, and time is of the essence, so I want to jump right in. I want to go back to your research regarding myalgic encephalomyelitis, or chronic fatigue syndrome, and it was kind of dismissed as yuppie flu, um, which was very patronizing, obviously, to to the people that suffered from it and, and continued to suffer from it. But you studied that and its association with a retrovirus. And that was published in a peer-reviewed journal, very distinguished science, I believe back in 2009. What did your, your subsequent research into the association between chronic fatigue syndrome and this retrovirus uh, sh- uh, reveal to you? Uh, well, Richard, it was that paper was even more important than that. Um, because in 2006, when we, uh, when we, co- when I co-founded the institute and 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 started it, um, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome had been around since the late 80s and early 90s, um, and and was 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 at times called non-HIV AIDS. Um, and I I when I met the patients and I and um, and met the doctor who had worked with literally patient zero there in the in in Climb Village around San Francisco. I, I I had 
read a book called Osler's Web by um, Hillary Johnson, um, and it went into the discovery and and a lot more of the misogyny and really the what I, the plague of corruption surrounding MECFS. Um, myalgic encephalomyelitis means inflammation of the brain and the uh, spinal cord. So we looked at the immunological um, signatures of disease, those epigenetic um, the abnormalities, literally my PhD thesis, um, and the four to six landmark papers that were associated with that thesis, they literally changed um, the treatment, the paradigm of treatment for HIV AIDS because we understood if the disease signature, if the, if the virus could be silenced quickly by epigenetics, DNA methylation, um, and, and other things and, and, and stop the expression of the virus, um, then the disease, then the virus didn't cause the disease. It didn't do the tissue damage. So we had, in fact, um, um, I, I met a bunch of patients the summer before and their families. It, our work was always family studies and, and the people had associated cancers my, and, and other things. Um, but um, it's always the person with MECFS was sicker. It was usually women, whereas HIV and AIDS was, was usually men. So in fact, our 2009 paper um, was the first ever isolation of a new family of gamma retroviruses, a new family of HIV-like viruses causing AIDS, causing being a strongly associated with cancers. Um, and, and my work at the LADM, the Lab of Antiviral Drug Mechanisms, our job there was to develop drugs and immune therapies for um, AIDS-associated malignancies, cancers. We knew there were neuroimmune diseases associated with HIV infection, which had nothing to do with copy number. So I knew from reading Hillary Johnson's book, um, when I first met, met the first few patients, I simply educated myself. I spent an entire summer flying from epigenics in Santa Barbara to um, Reno, Nevada, every, and, and every weekend, um, and, and then came back during the week to do my job as director. Um, the, I was then the chief scientific officer of epigenetics. Could I could I just jump in for a moment, uh, Dr. Yeah. Judy, and ask you because, and from time to time, I'll do this just to get yeah. some definitions here. Yeah. What is a retrovirus? Um, it's it's an RNA it's a virus it's an RNA DNA virus so it's a hybrid virus that actually has a, a gene an enzyme called reverse transcriptase so it can write backwards its genome as double stranded DNA and insert itself with another enzyme called integrase into your genome and live with you the life for the life of a set of the cell it can be transmitted horizontally and vertically so you can inherit retroviruses. So these are, it's, it's just a different kind of RNA virus. You know, coronavirus is not a retrovirus. So some of the things I've been saying very publicly and, and the data supports it is that SARS-CoV-2 is not it, it, you can't, you're not an asymptomatic carrier because you clear a coronavirus. You don't insert it into your own DNA, the provirus, and make right. the virus throughout so the life. A retrovirus is very sneaky. It can, it can, it can 
live with you for a very long time before it finally rears its ugly head. And then it also, what does it, what does it do to your immune system? Um, well, I mean, in, in the case of HIV, um, um, the, the, the macrophages and the innate immune response, um, the cells that it infects, it, when it gets into the macrophage and then they're like a, a Trojan horse. And then when they're activated by a vaccine, by any kind of inflammatory event, they're your frontline defense. Then they se- send out cytokines and chemokines like the bullets, uh, you know, and, and the, the trafficking molecules. They're the fire trucks that turn on the inflammation and send the fire trucks to the fire. So chemokines are trafficking molecules in the immune system. And so depending on the site of the macrophage, whether it be in the brain, the microglia, we have there, the body has resident macrophages. The liver has the Kupfer cells. The lung has the alveolar macrophage. So they have resident stem cells. If those get infected, then, and, and you get exposed to another virus or or a vaccine, you activate the virus. They make many, many more copies. Your, your macrophages become little virus factories. And in the case of HIV AIDS, the macrophages were shooting bullets and, and, and killing T cells, the CD4 T cells. And, and those are your helper T cells. And then you disrupt the entire communication of the immune system. Um, and then of course the patient would die. So what okay. was critically important about our paper um, was that we didn't, that paper wasn't just the association with chronic fatigue syndrome, which was very solid. In fact, I think it was 10 to the minus 19, the statistical, usually statistically significant more than chance is, is 0.01 or 0.05, 95%. It didn't happen by chance. We had 19 zeros in front of it and the journal wouldn't even let us say highly significant which okay. uh, so, again, corruption. So, <laughs> right so that was published uh, again peer-reviewed journal science 2009 and more right? than peer-reviewed okay we more than peer-reviewed one of the top journals in the country um and in our book plague we submitted that paper on may 6th and when the reviewers of, of 2009 when the reviewers came back um one of them said <laughs> oh, it's chronic fatigue syndrome. Nobody, that doesn't have anything to do with a virus. The, another one, uh, the top reviewer said, I'm 95% convinced, show me an immune response so you don't know it's contamination. Um, we did that in an assay that is shown in the paper very clearly. We showed immune responses, antibody responses at the time. Um, and um and then um, in our book, Plague, the, the, they held the, they, the NIH and all levels of the government, top levels of the government, called together uh, a super secret invitation-only meeting on July 22nd of 2009, where all eyes from CDC, every single one of, of the uh, Health and Human Services had expert there with more than just us. The original people that described um, XMRV, named XMRV, and this is all discussed in our 
first book. That's but the retrovirus. That's the correct. retrovirus. XMRV. Okay. It means xenotropic. Xeno means foreign. It's not in a mouse. It's in a human. The M means murine leukemia virus, mouse cancer-causing virus, okay. related retrovirus. So it was most closely resembled to a mouse cancer and neuroimmune disease-causing virus family, which my um, colleague, Dr. Rossetti's um, wife, Dr. Sandy Rossetti, had spent her life studying and developing models. She had a whole bunch of reagents. She gave them to us all. We only worked on animal viruses. So when Bob, when Bob um, Silverman and Joe DeRisi described XMRV first in prostate cancer, and this is what this is the God thing of all of it, because I was working in prostate cancer drug development at Epigenetics because DNA methylation makes a big. So we were making drugs, and in fact, I'd done it with Johns Hopkins and back at the LADM. That was one of the AIDS-associated malignancies. People with HIV had more aggressive um, prostate cancers. And now we know um, from the, and, and so in fact, our paper was published in Science, not because of the association of chronic fatigue syndrome, but because it was the first ever isolation. Bob okay. Silverman was not a virologist and he only did a PCR right, for I, 10 I, I, I got to I got to jump here in here, but just because I know uh, there's so much here, but yeah. okay. I want to I want to jump ahead to 2011 right. in here in a second. But you you okay. found something else though at, re, regarding this retrovirus and and uh, a vaccine uh, that had been contaminated. Tell me very quickly about that. Okay, we didn't find that. One of our colleagues said. The most likely way. In fact, what we found was how heavily the blood supply was contaminated and had been since the late 80s when it, when chronic fatigue syndrome was described. Because remember, gay-related immune deficiency wasn't women and children. So, so there had to be another virus there. They called it non-HIV AIDS. Um, and so... It, um, um, it, one of our colleagues in AIDS researchers wrote a paper in January of 11, an opinion paper, and, and he said the most likely way that mouse viruses got into humans was vaccine contaminants. So MMR vaccine, we found heavily 30% of all um, people with ITP, uh, a blood, a bleeding disorder, um, that at the time, I didn't know it had, our paper and our work had anything to do with vaccines. It was that colleague who said the most likely way that um, mouse viruses got in the le in humans at the level they were in, 3.75% to 6% of all the studies showed XMRV. So our work was re replicated. Every negative study showed that to be 6%. 6% is 20 million Americans. That's that's 25 times HIV at the height of AIDS in 1991. And the confirmatory study, the, the people who confirmed our work, two people actually did. Um, but the second one was Harvey Alter and Shai Xing Lo. And Shai Xing Lo took a box out of his freezer from the FDA from the 1990s that he had labeled non-HIV AIDS. In 1991, it's clear they published it in PNAS. Harvey Alter is a Lasker Award winner for hepatitis C. That's the American equivalent of, of, of a Nobel Prize. This was solid, solid, solid. But what couldn't the government do? 
oh my God, the blood supply had been contaminated since the 90s because the, the, of the stigmatized and the, and the um, denigration of women and children when there was clearly another virus there. And many, many people like Stephen, uh, um, Peter Dew's book, his career was, was ruined. Um, Charles Ortlieb, who just wrote the book about, um, Fauci being the birdie made off of science. And I'm sorry, I don't know the, the title of it right now. It's not in front of me. Okay, but we're, we're coming up. Uh, I'm sorry to interject yeah. here. We're coming up on a break. I just, uh, I, I, mm -hmm. it was at this point though, that once you, once a connection, a possible connection was made to the vaccine industry and uh, this retrovirus, uh, that's when you were asked by science, and this is like two years later, now you're being asked to retract the 2009 article that had been through all of that review. Correct. Uh, and that's, now they're saying, oh, now the study is no good because, you, because you, you connected it to the vaccines. And a heavily contaminated blood supply and right, right. going all the way back to AIDS. Right. So now they're asking you to retract. Correct. And, and um, then you also start to notice some suspicious characters following you and your family around, correct? Oh yeah, a lot. We had a lot of fun the the, the summer of 2011. Not yeah, and and that's a whole chapter of play. Not only following us around, literally surrounding our house on November 9th, um, at like four in the morning, where we had to escape on the boat, um, on on our our own boat, um, to our friend's boat. And you know, I'm sure that day I would have been dead, like um, you know, William Thompson or or, or Jeff Bradstreet, um, had they succeeded succeeded at, at catching us. And, uh, well, and, as I and, say, and, and nine days later, I was arrested without a warrant or anything. That's, that's what's shown very clearly in pandemic and very clearly in our book, Plague of Corruption. Right. And we'll, we'll, uh, take a time out here and we'll come back and, and talk a little bit about, uh, your arrest and how the case was sealed and you weren't even allowed to hire lawyers, uh, and how your rights essentially were taken away. Do Dr. Judy Mikovits is with us and, uh, we will come back on the other side. We'll, we'll, uh, uh, for those listening, if you have questions and comments, please keep your powder dry. We will open up the phone lines in the second hour and take, uh, questions and comments back with more of the conspiracy show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. Dr. Judy Mikovits stays with us, the author of, or co-author, I should say, Plague of Corruption. Uh, so before the break, we were talking about your arrest in November 2011, but I just want to back up a couple months because yeah. in September of that same year, you were fired from your faculty position at uh, the University of Nevada, Reno, uh, because you refused to retract the paper, or what was the official reasoning? Uh, the official reasoning was um, called insolence and insubordination. And what I what I was told by, and it wasn't the University of Nevada; it was the institute that it was a private institute at oh, the oh, University. Whittemore Peterson, Nevada. right? Correct. And so an, an, Annette Whittemore and, um, and a scientist there, a student of mine, um, Vince Lombardi, um, had been um, misappropriating the grant 
funds that I was getting and using them in their private company to sell an unvalidated PCR diagnostic test uh, and, and, and serology test um, for XMRV, and it had not been appropriate uh, validated. So um, I was threatened on August 31st by um, Michael Bush, um, the senior author on, of, on the paper um, that was actually pure fraud. He, he's the, um, and, and that's the paper that came out um, in September of science, where a science commissioned pure fraud and I, uh, of 2011. Um, so literally throughout the summer, we, we had submitted a partial retraction. The Every author on the paper agreed to in June of um, with science. Dr. Rossetti was a co-first author on our paper in science. So um, the first author and the, and the senior author are the two that are responsible for How it. How difficult was that to retract? I mean, that, that must a partial mitigate- retraction. A partial retraction is easy because what we found out was the synthetic clone that Silverman's laboratory had made. It was an infectious molecular clone. It was synthetic. It never was the virus that we isolated from the people. And yet Bob Silverman told us, who held the patent, by the way, with Abbott, when they discovered, you know, by PCR, only a piece of the virus. And this is really significant with COVID-19 and what we see here. We can see the cover-up playing out backwards. But at any rate, um, partial retraction was simple because our there, the data in our paper in science clearly showed there were multiple strains. There were, it, it clearly showed samples that were PCR negative and okay. protein and serology positive. So the partial retraction was easy. So they just said that that figure number one and the, anything associated with the PT, PCR test was wrong. And so now that that was wrong. So the Whittemores are running a company and and stealing um, materials and funds from the grants out of my institute um, um, grants. And and that that money, you know, that's misappropriation of federal funds. That's a crime. So is selling an an unvalidated diagnostic test. So the Whittemores are going to federal prison for a long time for Medicare fraud. Um, and, and I think the CDC and some of those people should do that now for the COVID-19 test, which is pure fraud. At any okay. rate, you see. So that's why that's what they tried to hang on you. And that's and why so, you were fired. So correct. Let's, well, let's jump I was fired because um, they were trying to cover up their crimes when I left for a business trip on Friday, September 29th. I was on my way to Ireland for two weeks. Okay. So they they fired me, locked down my labs, and they were going to rewrite my notebooks. So you could start getting the picture a little bit here. Right. So <laughs> in, no, in November, you are arrested without charges. Correct. And you're, you're held, was it in Ventura? Correct. And, and so uh, I'm held for five days on November 18th. So on November 9th was when my house was surrounded the Wednesday before that. And we detail the story of how I escaped. Um, from the time I was fired, September 29th, um, the Whittemores locked down my lab to all of my students. But my student, Max, caught them um, in the middle of the night, um, literally setting up a Watergate-style kind of crime. And they were going to tell the story that I brought broke in and stole all the data in order to cover up that I made up XMRV all along. So in the six weeks between November, between September 29th and November 
Um, second, they went through and cataloged everything in my lab and, and, um, and, and said everything was there. The grant officers, Kathy Lachlan of the NIAID um, and the other grant officer, I can't remember his name, a junior grant officer who were in, you know, they, they award the grants. They came after I was fired and, and confirmed everything was in my lab and everything was in order. And so the Whittemores, if you commit misappropriation of federal funds, the Whittemores in the Institute had no other principal investigator. So the $10 million of grants would have come to me, to California after I was fired. I, I mean, a, a California um, was in a, a deep... Um, problem in, in all of research was, I think $10 million would have gotten me a really nice job at UC Santa Barbara, Cal State, Channel Islands, where I was interviewing over that time. Um, and so I could have easily had a job with my grants and finished my work. Right. But, but of this course, is how they, this is how they, they, I mean, uh -huh. uh, officialdom, let's just use that right. term, come after you and say, ah, she's been discredited. Correct. She had, she, they, she had to, she had to retract her her uh, study and she uh, she stole uh, you know lab papers and lab documents and so forth they shouldn't have been in her possession and this Correct. is this is the crux and, of why they're saying you have been discredited. And none of it was true. And we didn't have to retract our paper at that time. Science, the journal agreed to a partial retraction. And 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 so that that wasn't good enough for John Coffin and um, and colleagues because they had a really big problem. They published fraud. On September 22nd, the paper that was published online in Science, September 22nd, with with um, the um, Michael Bush is the senior author. Uh, is the title of it was Failure to Confirm XMRV MLVs in the Blood of Patients with Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, a multi-laboratory study. That's fraud. That was the blood working group, and that study was, is the blood supply contaminated? And, the, and do we have a simple diagnostic test to, to test the blood supply? And I presented that work at the New York Academy of Sciences on March 29, 2011. So, so this was planned from June for, you know, and John Coffin told Frank Rossetti in November of 2010, science, the journal started this and science, the journal is going to end this. This, these people participated literally in RICO in conspiracy to defraud the public. This was not a confirmation study. That is fraud. And Michael Bush knew it. We, I, you know, nobody said one word about my talk other than congratulations. And this is all documented in both of our books and not one comment. You know, Tony Fauci knows this. That's NIAID. That's why I said, hey, yeah, he's the boss. He funds your work, $10 million, you know, and he gave it to the Whittemores and, and, and they gave the, the people who perpetrated crimes, who committed misappropriation of federal funds. They get the grants to this day. They were paid off big time. And Harvey Whittemore is a convicted felon for illegally um, com, um, running campaign fraud okay. with, with Harry Reid. Who, I wanna, who runs uh, the government? Who runs NIAID and HHS? Oh, the Senate Majority Leader. That was Harry Reid. This is okay. big stuff coming up after me. I want to. I want to come back to the tainted mouse. 
uh, tissue. Right. Uh, because this is part of a, a bigger warning that you're that you're issuing about Correct. tainted animal tissue that's being used in vaccines and what this might mean now and going forward, particularly particularly as we're talking about, you know, possibly a mandatory uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Just we just have a couple minutes here before the break, but just kind of set the table and then we'll discuss further after the break what this warning is about tainted animal tissue and its use in vaccines. Okay, it's a, one of the most bi- widely distributed biological pro- um, products that involve mouse and mouse tissue and other animal tissues. Think of um, monkey kidney cells and, and dog cells that have coronaviruses and flu vaccines, you know, are our, our vaccines, especially vaccines against viruses. So we've got all kinds of viruses that are dormant. And so if the vaccines have dormant viruses that nobody knows are there, then you can transfer them to humans by vaccination. And it's really important because all you have to do is inject the provirus or a piece of the provirus. You don't need infectious and transmissible if you inject it directly into the blood. All right. You said something very interesting there, and that is the coronavirus, which is in present in a lot of animal uh, tissue. Uh, and then that is then part of flu vaccines, flu vaccines, which, well, we're going to pick up on this on the other side, because I want to now get into uh, coronavirus and and uh, certain hotspots around the world in the early going, particularly northern Italy. I want to talk about why those numbers were so high and and, uh, in certain places. Uh, We'll uh, do that on the other side. Dr. Judy Mikovits is with me, and uh, she's here for the full two hours. Hope you can stay with us. And again, we'll open up the phone lines in the second hour. Questions and comments. 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740 and toll free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. 1-866-740-4740. Again, keep your powder dry until the top of the hour. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Judy is uh, the co-author of Plague, One Scientist's Intrepid Search for the Truth About Human Retroviruses and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome. Autism and Other Diseases, also Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, and The Case Against Masks. Yes, we'll get to this, this. The Case Against Masks, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited. Uh, So I want to talk about certain hotspots uh, with the coronavirus. But before that, we, we, I, I failed to, uh, to, to mention that uh, with this arrest and your case was sealed, you weren't allowed to even hire lawyers, correct? Well, I, I could hire lawyers. Um, the case was moved illegally to a jurisdiction um, to Reno, Nevada, where Harvey Whittemore controlled the lawyers, bought the lawyers with Harry Reid, um, and, and was literally you know, attempting to kill me, had threatened me on numerous occasions, you know, with guns. It's all in the books. He's a convicted felon. 
you know, um, yeah, okay, um, yeah, I could hire a lawyer. Um, I was forced into bankruptcy within after when the charges should have been dropped, um, literally in January or actually March 12th of 2012, I proved my complete innocence to the lawyer, Scott Freeman, who I hired, and he was made a judge in two weeks and taken off my case. So, and, and I proved that Annette Whittemore forged the so-called contract where, where she said I stole intellectual property. I didn't steal anything and I could prove it. And I did on November 4th of 2000 when they threatened a civil lawsuit. Harvey Whittemore filed a civil lawsuit thinking he got away for, with the perfect crime on the night of September 29th when he fabricated this whole thing and marched through and collect. He set up a crime and I've got the affidavit he filed with it. He pulled that lawsuit out of the file after uh, a lawyer wrote a I hired got a lawyer she volunteered okay. for me and 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 so this was the the depth and the breadth of the of corruption um and the government and the journal science fully participated in it they let okay. you know Harvey Whittemore off the hook so yeah I could hire lawyers but I was forced into bankruptcy and told if I went to Reno and I took my 97 witnesses which included Tony Fauci and Ian Lipkin then I would be arrested with new charges on on September 6th of 2012, September 6th, in March, I proved my innocence. And okay, I was I've got to okay. move ahead here. So okay. let's let's go to um, the outbreak in northern Italy, which yeah. has an aged population. It's, uh, um, you know, many of the people there, elderly, they, they were in nursing homes and so forth. We've seen that before. But right. I want you to tie that back to the flu vaccine and what you believe was the tainted mouse tissue or animal tissue in that flu vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not mouse. It's, it's dog. So it, it's, um, so the, the flu vaccine given in, in early 2019 had four different strains of live attenuated influenza virus, including H1N1. So it was a very powerful, you know, um, upper respiratory infection causing vaccine. And that particular vaccine is grown in major and Darby kidney cells. That's a dog cell line. Dogs have lots of coronaviruses. So the paper pub there was a paper published in um 2020, I believe early 2020, um, it, it could have been 2019, um, showing that um that um if you give influenza virus vaccines, people have a more are more likely to develop um, uh, be infected with coronavirus vaccines. They have more serious disease, and so when you when you hammer people, the, the sickest, already sick, an aged population that had very overcrowded hospitals um, with that vaccine. They're shedding live virus. These aren't dead pieces of material injected. You've got your sickest people and they become virus, little virus factories of, um, you know, a, a virus loaded with different kinds of coronaviruses. Uh, birds have coronaviruses. All animals have coronaviruses. So there's coronaviruses in every flu vaccine, um, but that particular one in that population, um, I'm sure caused the deaths, not 
not SARS-CoV-2. I mean, they they spread SARS-CoV-2 or another, you know, or other uh, coronaviruses through the population, but nobody showed an autopsy of what those people actually died of. But um, and I've done these cases for flu vaccines in the elderly, causing the kind death, you know, and death by that inflammatory signature. That's why we talked about it. That inflammatory signature is the same as the XMRVs. So, so if, if someone had the flu vaccine, correct. even if they were asymptomatic and they didn't have uh, they didn't have COVID-19, would correct. they test positive for it if they had that vaccine? Um, almost certainly, yes, because they'd have the same disease signature. And we don't know because the tests were flawed. The tests are contaminated. You don't use a PCR test. That's why I mentioned PCR, because what did Bob Silverman do when he discovered the virus? He had 10% of it. It never was that virus. We have no idea who really died of SARS-CoV-2. It's not been isolated, as Dr. Andy Kaufman said, from the patients. You know, one or two maybe the, the, the people working in the laboratories like me. But this is what the government knew. The laboratories infected me with the XMRVs. Who's going to die with a flu vaccine and a mask? Oh, all the people you infected with XMRV, 20 million Americans. Six percent is the real number. Uh, uh, this was published just this week by yes. the CDC. Oh, so what? Six percent is real COVID SARS-CoV-2 death. COVID-19 has essentially nothing to do with SARS-CoV-2. And I believe it's SARS-CoV-2, XMRVs, GMOs, glyphosate, Roundup, um, um, you know, 5G in, in um, you know, at the masks. Okay, we're um, heading into a break here. But so just very quickly, the 6% <laughs> CDC, and you're right, this was published in, in very little fanfare. What <laughs> if My understanding is that what they're saying is that only... Six percent of the deaths, the fatalities in the United States uh, were were related to, you know, no other comorbidities. Correct. Is that right? So Correct. only six percent of the total Correct. fatalities died with uh, with no other comorbidities. Correct. All right. I want to talk about virus, but we don't know it was that coronavirus. Again, right. nobody's isolated. The I want to. I want to pick up on this when we come back. I okay. want to talk about some of the data that's uh, surrounding coronavirus and the uh, the pandemic. Back with Dr. Judy in a moment. Stay with us. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now. 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. So, Dr. Judy, of the of the current 100, and I'm going to use the U.S. as kind of the benchmark here, 183,000 deaths so far attributed to COVID-19. Uh, if if we were to take the CDC at its word that only six percent of those died solely from COVID-19, in other words, they didn't die with the virus, they died from it. Uh, I mean, people can do the math, but. And 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 uh, Dr. Bricks, I believe, on the task force told us very early on in April they were going to uh, they were going to diagnose very liberally uh, when it came to COVID. In other words, if you died with the virus, that would be counted as a COVID death. 
not dying. You don't die with the virus, though, do you? You die from the virus. So what do you think the actual number is uh, of, of deaths <laughs> attributed to COVID? Um, to, to SARS-CoV-2, um, probably less than 100. To SARS-CoV-2 and XMRV, 6%. Because the people with the XMRV are, and the people wearing the mask um, and, and, and getting flu shots are going to activate the viruses, the, the XMRVs they have, um, and, um, and, and, and die from the two things. Because it's a lethal combination to have SARS-CoV-2 and XMRV. And the clinical data you know, support that. There are HIV sequences in SARS-CoV-2, as we know. It's grown in Vero Monk. The, the, vax, the virus is, was manufactured and grown up in, in the laboratories in Vero Monkey kidney cells that came from Fort D. Trick um, in the biosafety level four. And um, I'm almost certainly contaminated with the XMRVs, just as the polio vaccines were right. thrown in Vero monkey kidney cells. So, to so be clear, you you're, not, you're not saying that it was created as a bioweapon. You're saying that, I mean, a lot of these viruses, they are, I believe the term is attenuated so that, that they, when you have a test monkey, which is expensive, when you put that virus in, you want to make sure that, the, that, that it's symptomatic. And if it's not strong enough and it's not symptomatic, that's a wasted test monkey. So they attenuate the virus. They make it more well, potent. Actually, Is that the idea? It's actually worse than that. It's not your test monkey. You're growing the virus in monkey cells that are like a factory. They grow continuously, it's called. And this is we grow, that's what the dog cells are. It's a cell line. You're growing it in a huge vat and you don't purify the other viruses out of the vaccine, away from the vaccine antigen, away from the attenuated virus. And um and 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 this is the this is the big discovery with vaccines. Oh my God! There's an infinite number of new viruses. So we hear people say, "Oh, there's another one coming." Well, of course there are. There's there's a dozen viruses in those, and and right. and including Ebola. We and grew again, Ebola in the same viral monkey kidney cells. That comes from bats too. How many viruses did we pull out of that, uh, bats and 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 mice and monkeys? And they've been mixing around in our little labs for. I mean, the cell lines are all contaminated. That's why I had to go away in the summer of 2011. The big oh my god was the cell lines we use in cancer biologics in everything, not just vaccines. And the lab workers were getting sick, seroconverting, literally aerosolized, contagious cancer and AIDS. And this is why um, this is why these are the first people to die. Ah, so, again, just in terms of the origin, uh, you're not saying that it was, you know, created as a bioweapon in Wuhan. It was attenuated uh, and then it somehow it was escaped. manufactured. It was manufactured right. in viral monkey kidney cells, right? And, and they're used in vaccines, and they're in polio vaccines. What did Bill Gates say? Oh, get a polio vaccine. Get an MMR. Wait a minute. MMRs contaminated with XMRVs. What? Well, in the old people are going out and getting MMRs. I mean, and this is a nightmare. And they can recombine. We have no idea what SARS-CoV-2 looks like. 
There are many, many strains, and and I'm I'm just saying uh, that we're 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 being played and we're being killed. And I'm are saying, you are you anti-vax? Absolutely not. I spent my life making immune therapy. Oh, by the way, we have in my very first job was purifying type one interferon. Um, that is that would stop a coronavirus. All of them from jumping species is actually a natural safe vaccine type one interferon 50 to 200 units a day an oral spray you've got your vaccine you don't need mmr polio or anything else they're all rna viruses and oh by the way it works for hiv and ebola as well and uh, XMRV. <laughs> talk to me uh, we've heard reports that coronavirus uh, is being incentivized to diagnose it in hospitals can you and and i believe it was uh a congressman in Minnesota, uh, Dr. Jensen, who who pointed this out as well. Uh, but can you conf- are you able to confirm that they are incentivizing diagnosis so that when you go into a hospital, you Medicare pays more for a coronavirus uh, diagnosis than they do for just a regular ad- admission? Um, I I know only the the doctors and nurses that I'm working with here in in California. I know from um, Nurse Aaron and and uh, in Florida and others who I know personally, and and um, and they confirm um, those. So it's many many doctors telling you that. Um, that there's more money for SARS-CoV-2. There's also an issue with um, literally um, t- families where um, they they give them more money if they allow that to be put on the death certificate of somebody who dies, and families who don't uh, allow that to be to be done. I have I have a, literally a, a dear friend whose husband you know died of a heart attack and um, a heart attack. Um, nowhere near SARS or anything else, COVID-19. Um, and she literally couldn't collect um, her the insurance, anything for several months. They kept them on ice. Oh, we're too busy to do the autopsy, um, COVID-19. And if, the, if she would have done that, she um, could have gone without. Um, but but again, a lot more than incentivizing and, and, and a lot more fraud in all of this. And it's really important to talk about the masks. And the vaccines, no flu shots, no shot ever. If nobody gets another shot of any live viral vaccine or anything else, um, uh, we won't see a second round and we won't see the next viruses jump into humans, escaping labs. Um, we've been lied to since we, um, you know, since HIV. And this, these are the big discoveries, Zika, Ebola in, in Sierra Leone. Again, these with that, that was a contagious Ebola too, spread like. SARS-CoV-2. We've simply got to stop this practice, put a complete moratorium on all vaccines, get these masks. These masks are going to activate the dormant viruses. They cause hypoxia. I have pleurisy. Pleurisy is, you know, caused by viral infections. I've been infected with the XMRVs. The government knows the lab workers were sick. They don't want to pay for that. 20 million Americans were were infected, including me, including my colleagues. That's the chapter. There are many chapters in our book with the XMRVs. I understand um, from um, a speech Bobby Kennedy gave that um, a thousand people being tested with the new COVID-19 vaccines um, are getting African sleeping sickness. 
oh, a little XMRV, it's not coronavirus. And, and the, the treatment for that is Suramin, another 100-year-old essential medicine of the WHO that was shown in a double-blind placebo-controlled study to um, significantly give these kids with autism associated with XMRVs their life back. That's an important thing. It wasn't right. just MECFS. It was cancer, 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 uh, you know, 20 million Americans and, and 32 different autoimmune diseases and cancers associated with the right. XMRVs. We're going to take another time out, top of the hour. When we come back, we'll open up the phone lines. And I do want to get into uh, masks and uh, why you argue the their use should be limited. We'll also talk about the, the efficacy uh, or non-efficacy of hydroxychloroquine. Uh, back with more of my conversation with Dr. Judy Mikovits right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate and your cabin in the woods. Research scientist Dr. Judy Mikovits stays with us this hour as we continue to examine various aspects of the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19. We'll talk about the efficacy of safety masks. Uh, we'll talk about uh, hydroxychloroquine and more. And if you're just joining us this hour, let me reiterate Dr. Judy's bona fides. Judy has spent her life training to be a research scientist to honor her grandfather who died of cancer when she was a teenager. Judy earned her BA from the University of Virginia and her PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology from George Washington University. In her 35-year quest to understand and treat chronic diseases, she studied immunology, natural products chemistry, epigenetics, virology, and drug development. In just over 20 years, she rose from an entry-level lab technician to become director of the Lab of Antiviral Drug Mechanisms at the National Cancer Institute before leaving to direct the cancer biology program at Epigenex Pharmaceuticals in Santa Barbara. There in 2006, she became attracted to the plight of patients with chronic fatigue syndrome and autism. In only five years, she developed the first Neuroimmune Institute from a concept to a reality and is primarily responsible for demonstrating the relationship between immune-based inflammation and these diseases. She's published over 50 scientific papers. She's the co-author of Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, Plague, One Scientist's Intrepid Search for the Truth About Human Retroviruses and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Autism and Other Diseases, and The Case Against Masks, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited. So just uh, let's just jump in right there and discuss uh, masks. And um, this, this book uh, just came out, uh, well, within the last couple of months, obviously. But let, let's talk about reason number one. You talk about, this seems self-evident, oxygen being good for human beings, carbon dioxide is bad. So what's the problem with masks with that, in, in that regard? Uh, you breathe, the 
every one of the masks stops your oxygen or drops it below um, um, 19.5, which is an OSHA standard, at that point you be you can become dizzy, have a headache. Um, you're, the CO2 in that you breathe in is 0.4%. You breathe out 4%. If you're breathing through a mask, you can very quickly begin, um, breathe out 10%, which is toxic. Again, during the commercial, you said, you know, don't drive impaired, driving, flying a plane, being on a plane uh, with, with a mask on is, is impairing you. It's like driving drunk. Okay, so there are, there are a couple of types of masks. There is the surgical mask, there's the N95, and then there is the, the cloth mask, and some people are fashioning their own masks. Just walk me through those three and the advantages and disadvantages. Um, not one of them stops a virus. The cloth masks become simply a um, a hotbed of disease. People don't know how to wear them. They're not trained in them. They don't block the flow. You have what we call in one of the chapters the face leakage and backwards jet. You're people for people wearing glasses. You're driving that up into your eyes. You're going to drive inflammation, uveitis, infection of your eyes, eye diseases. You're literally coughing the virus right through and concentrating those water droplets in every kind of bacteria and other kind of pathogen as you touch that thing, put it in your pockets. You know, somehow the virus knows when you, I mean, this is just nuts that you, you're outdoor and you're riding a bicycle all alone. Viruses don't travel through the air with the greatest of ease. They don't go in, you know, they're literally there. They're, uh, um, it's, it's just insanity. You're poisoning yourself. You're creating, um, uh, uh, you know, carbon dioxide poisoning. If you have COPD or pleurisy, like my husband and I, you already have hypercapnia, too much CO2 in your blood. So if I wear a mask, even for a few seconds, I can pass out and, and do great danger. The cloth mask, none of them stop the virus. The N95 are the worst to try to breathe. When we have fires here in California, we have to stay inside. And that's the, the why we said mask use should be limited. With We, with our lung disease, is me from uh, and, and and David, my husband. Um, we we stayed inside during the Thomas fires of seventeen and the recent fires in, in the air conditioner because those are the hardest to breathe through, and none of them stop. So that that these airlines that you know and and this this face covering that's just your bandana is ridiculous. The plastic ones, some of the those paper blue ones are literally sp- sprayed with Teflon. That's, you know, carcinogenic. You're breathing in carcinogens. I mean, this is crazy. Um, it's be, it, they're dangerous. Little kids, you're activating latent virus. You're suppressing those CD4 T cells. We talked about at the top of the show, what we knew, how you, how you destroy your immune system. You're literally, if you're HIV infected or XMRV infected, or, you know, like 20 million Americans, you activate those viruses. you spread that disease through your body. You turn on the very cytokine storm. So I said, the association in that bio you just read, I said the association of the infection with the disease. 
H, the infection is not the disease. SAR, you know, SARS-CoV-2 infection, no HIV infection, XMRV infection, they're not the disease. You need to do the damage to the immune system, dysregulate the function of the immune system. And that's what the mask is doing. We're driving disease and we're calling it because Deborah Burke said, oh, we're going to do it liberally. You will get a fever. You, you will start coughing. I will start coughing. I'll cough hysterically in five seconds in a mask. It's insanity. None of the masks are, 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 are going to stop a virus and all of them are going to make you sick. And people say, well, surgeons wear them all day. They have an oxygenated um, um, surgical room. If they, they don't touch their face, they remove it, they dispose it. They don't walk outside in a restaurant and set it on a table. I, I just, and, and children, absolutely, they're growing. They need that oxygen to build bones. They can't, they, they don't, won't build their brain. Autistic kids are, um, can die in their sleep from seizures, from wearing a mask for even a few minutes a day. We're going to kill these um, many, many Americans and the ones who are the most susceptible who have already been vaccine injured. And almost everybody in America is heavily vaccinated. If you got that flu vaccine last year um, um, or this year or and you put on a mask, you're a virus factory and you're going to die and you're going to kill everyone around you. My mask makes me sick. Your mask makes you sick. And neither protects against COVID-19 or, or any other influenza RNA virus caused upper respiratory infection. And the CDC admitted that last week in a publication. No, the masks don't work. Right. And Even Dr. Working. Fauci said they're mainly symbolic. Uh, he admitted yeah. that. And, and yet I can't get on a plane and fly to a meeting because I'll die. Last three times I crossed the country, I passed out on a plane and needed oxygen. You know, you think about that oxygen mask and the stewardess. My husband is deaf. You, he, he's got to read lips. And they said, oh, those clear ones won't work. Or you can't use a mesh one. Well, well, then, you know, or I can't fly. And they say, if you're that sick, don't fly. No, that's against the law. And, and what I usually say, would I have AIDS. Would you like me to spread AIDS or the common cold? You decide because I'm flying on this plane. It's the law. You can't ask. HIV infected person if they're infected with HIV. You can't ask anybody what they're infected with. This is all against well, federal do. law. Do we still have you, Dr. Judy? We had a yep. bit of a streaming issue there. Are okay, you still I'm there? Still, okay, yes. that's all right. Well, let me, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about then how, what we know about how it spreads, because there's just been a massive confusion. Uh, you know, we're told that it's particulates in the air, then we're told that it could, it could spread from surfaces. Let's set the record straight. From your point of view, how is, not from your point of view, from the research, from the studies, how is the coronavirus spread? Um, coronavirus is spread through large droplets of fluid as you cough like literally you know nasal secretions you know um if you're if you're sick with a flu think about it in your coughing and your and your <coughs> your nose is running and 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 you cough that those water droplets and those larger droplets the the virus has to live in fluid dried out the coronaviruses have to live in fluid they're not measles viruses they don't they don't 
don't travel six feet. There are different families of viruses, coronaviruses, um, spread through larger water droplets. If they are dry on a surface, they are dead. If they are cleaned with detergents they, and soap, my cells break them up, they are dead. Not alcohol-based cleaners. Those are toxic. And, and those are toxic. The oh, CDC-recommended cleaners are toxic. Right, and, right. And, now, um, so wouldn't the mask, though, um, prevent these large droplets from 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 escaping that the droplets do and the virus goes right through it <laughs> the virus goes right through it and so you're only making you sick you're inhaling it back on yourself and other viruses like influenza viruses and everything you're activating that are dormant and bacteria stick there too and they can live viruses can live in bacteria those are the the, the uh, viruses can live in the cells that you're coughing and sitting on that mask. So you've literally got a little factory for your for, for the virus to live on longer than it would live in the normal air. Okay. And, so and there so and and you're not so that's another chapter of her book. Six feet away and with a mask. That's what I just mentioned. Riding a bike alone. Are you insane? The virus isn't just floating through the air like. <laughs> the aluminum they spray on us. It's just, sorry, chemtrails. Right. <laughs> That's another show. That's another show. So let's talk about then six. I mean, I, I, doesn't the World Health Organization say three feet, not six feet? Yeah. Um, it, it is three feet, and that's the, the, the government really um, with the Ebola of 2014 when it was found that those viruses that came out of the Vero monkey kidney cells um, in the laboratories too, that strain of Ebola that killed 21,000 Liberians, um, um, they were um, um, spread three feet. Yeah, so the CDC says measles spread six feet, but um, coronaviruses and Ebola viruses and retroviruses like XMRV only go three feet. And therefore, um, you know, uh, well, you know, why are you wearing face masks? You know, because you're literally concentrating virus and it goes right through the mask. It's like a chain link fence trying to stop a fly. Okay, so let's talk about super super <laughs> spreading type situations. So, uh, talk to me about that. In, under what under what circumstances is there a, a super spreading situation? Uh, what? Like you'd have to be uh, like, would you be you'd be indoors? I'm assuming you'd be indoors. I'd say a hospital worker working with susceptible patients, um, nosocomial spread is a super spreader situation. Because the uh, and 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 we we experience this in the lab because um, it um, your 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 um the the person is sick in the hospital and and you're wearing a mask and concentrating the virus and very close to the patient treating the patient um and you've been vaccinated super spreading situ situations are people who have recently had a flu shot and they are coughing other viruses on you and you're more susceptible to coronaviruses um, wearing masks is a super spreader situation a whole a whole airplane full of people wearing masks is, is a super spreader situation 
um, uh, a, you know, out in the air, you know, uh, it's ridiculous to see a baseball team standing there in masks. This makes me crazy. Those aren't soup. Those people are not sick. Asymptomatic um, people don't spread disease. Uh, don't yeah. spread let's, let's clarify that. That's, that's another interesting point. There's so much confusion about whether or not uh, someone who is asymptomatic can spread the disease. Asymptomatic versus pre-symptomatic. Straighten that out for us. Well, if you've been exposed and you don't have any symptoms and, and you were exposed, say, like me, in, in a nosocomial situation, in a, in a hospital situation, and you were exposed to somebody who knowingly had it, was coughing, this is what we worked with in, in HIV, AIDS, and everything else. We, are, we were isolating viruses from the sick people. We were at risk. We never wore a mask. And I never seroconverted to HIV that I did to XMRVs because that one was spread through aerosolization and HIV as yet is not. So at any rate, um, the, the, the people held, there's no such thing as an asymptomatic carrier of a coronavirus because you clear it. You re, it goes out of your system. It's not like a retrovirus. It doesn't stay in your immune cells. And every time your immune system is activated, you make more and more and more virus particles. So you create an, a, a super spreader situation um, when you're all wearing masks. Um, I would think of, I think of a, um, uh, like a, 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 a more a super spreading situation is a whole family that gets sick. And, and what we see in those situations, I know of a particular in, I believe it was in um, Switzerland, uh, a whole group went out skiing and one person got COVID and, and they were in, you know, it's cold. It's in oxygen depleted regions, so you breathe harder. Your air depleted when you're at high altitude, and you, and you don't get as much oxygen. So the virus lives much better without, you know, with, because oxidative stress drives the production of the virus, drives that inflammatory signature, drives that hypoxia. That's you know the hypercapnia drives viral infections, doing the damage. So um, the the super spreader situations are, you know, are literally hospital, military, um, um, ships where everybody's vaccinated. Um, um, yeah, uh, I think of the ship that was offshore and was quarantined there. Oh, the, di um, uh, the di Princess Diamond. Correct. So those would be situations. Um, but again, you're going to spread it with the mask and with the flu shots. Now, so, my wife sings in a choir for 30 years. That's all... Yeah gone by the boards no no choir that's practice ridiculous. no more singing no more singing in church that's ridiculous you don't sing retrovirus you don't sing coronaviruses on people i'm i'm really sorry not not that are infectious pcr a piece of nucleic acid in your nose that you amplify a million times is not a virus particle pull a virus particle out of the snot or out of their spit that's where you're going to find it you don't spit i mean this is this is insanity. You're, um, and, and in fact, the church um, here in in Ventura, Godspeak Church, um, Rob McCoy, Pastor Rob McCoy, thousands of people in that church, right next to each other all the time, singings, been open all along. You know he was fine. Nobody has COVID. What about I was, taking communion? Taking communion. You can spread it that way. 
um, and, and communion through that cup in particular, but that's always true. So if super spreader situations or families drinking, you know, out of the same glass where that's where you want to use soap and water and a dishwasher. So yes, those liquids, you want to dry everything. Water is the enemy. Well, but, but that's, you know, that situation is easily fixable now, you know, it's taken until July and August for churches to figure out uh, that you just have one individual spoon for each person. Uh, with communion sure. and problem solved. Sure. Uh, all right. Um, like nobody sitting six feet. To, I I just stop and pray for all those poor elderly sick people in masks because they're going to die. Fast. Send, sending children to school with masks is that necessary? I think no. <laughs> I think you've answered I mean, that. It's it's worse than not necessary. It's dangerous. We're not going, we're going to realize the damage we've done to these kids on every level. You, you, you know, the OCD, um, the psych, the depression, um, um, psychosis, they're driven by interleukin six, that, that same inflammatory cytokine TNF alpha, the biomarkers of the disease. Now the mass is going to say you're, you know, you're driving that flame. It's not the infection. It's the dysregulated response to the infection. And that's why um, a a doctor asked her about like mycoplasma and mold, mycoplasma mold, those things, uh, you know, spread the same way as viruses. So, you know, we'll concentrate those and masks, you know, in, in, in situations. It's, it's very, very dangerous to send. How, how How likely is it for a child or even a high school student to to spread the virus. Uh, if they're not sick, they're not spreading virus. And if they are sick and and they, they show say, even mild symptoms, um, most people don't catch it even in the same family. In that case of that ski trip with a bunch of teenagers, when the one boy definitely got sick, nobody else in the sixty-two member party got sick. So even and, high school students, uh, you're right. saying, should not have to wear a mask. Nobody, uh, not college. Nobody. Go to the dorm. Get your get your herd immunity, which is what we're seeing. That that the 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 healthy people are protecting the sick people. It's true. Every single year, I, I have to protect my husband from and myself from lots of upper respiratory infections and and the healthy people keep us well go out in the sunshine we were out at the pool all day um you know why close the beaches then that seems counterintuitive it it totally everything that's been done we close the bathroom oh that helps no sanitation so, you know, we close the bathrooms all the way, you know, in, from when you're driving. So now we can't stop. You know, we can't stop and go to the bathroom. We can't go anywhere. Keep an 82-year-old man. This is this is ridiculous. How did we spread polio and the other disease? Oh, sanitation. So what do you do? You close the bathrooms. That that doesn't make any sense. You know, okay. close... <laughs> We'll take a time out. We'll uh, come back. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start taking some calls and questions as well. 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740. Toll free from just about anywhere. 1-866-740-4740. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. So I think you're starting to get a sense of why uh, Dr. Judy is not on the pre-approved list of experts, uh, why she's uh, somewhat radioactive. And I'm, I'm assuming it looks like our, our YouTube live stream is still up. So uh, that's good news. Will it be there tomorrow? That's a good question. However, uh, we are on the radio as well, blasting out 50,000 watts. And um, uh, Dr. Judy, the co-author of Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science, and uh, the case against masks, 10 reasons why mask use should be limited. I want to go to the phones and welcome Rico from Mississauga. Rico, good morning. Welcome. Oh, hi, Richard. A great show. Dr. Judy, God bless you for your uh, your bravery and your and your persistence. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look at connecting the dots on some of these people that are known eugenics people and, and uh, have are part of that agenda. And... I know there was another movie that was uh, like your documentary was banned in many places called Unplanned that dealt with uh, fetal tissue coming from Planned Parenthood. And right. there, there is a link between Bill Gates and Planned Parenthood and that his father was a, a director there. Can you speak to that in any way or do you see a conflict of interest? Because to me, Bill Gates knows as much about virology as ronald mcdonald knows about brain surgery i never got right. why he's he's the spokesman and nor do i but yeah they're a huge conflict and and um we know they've been using these fetal tissues for uh, quite a long time. I, I believe um, um, Bobby Kennedy's team um, did a, a brilliant um, cross-examination in a vaccine court case of Paul Offit, um, and and he admitted, you know, hundreds of cell lines while they've been lied to, and and we can see clearly on the excipient list um, the um, fetal tissue cell lines and fetal tissues used, and the two cell lines um, WI38 and MRC5 that are that are used um, regularly and routinely and have been for forty or fifty years. So yeah, plant. This has been something going on for a long time. I don't know much about Bill Gates. I really did. I mean, I, I'm a lab rat, so I don't know a lot about um, some of this stuff as far as the politics. I just know um, what I found in my studies. And, um, you know, dis discredited is uh, is not disproven. And that's why all they ever do is smear me because, hey, I showed you a thousand pages and three books of data. Just talk data. And they nobody will talk. I've asked everybody, let's let's just debate. And they haven't said one word. Uh, the intro to our paperback, you know, tells all about Fauci and some of the stories I told you in the beginning when they locked down my lab and how this was a concerted effort. And, and Fauci and NIAID have paid off to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars these um um, the, the Whittemores, the investigators at UNR, the people who perpetrated the fraud are getting paid to this day, just like in 1934, um, when the first, when the polio vaccines that were passed through mouse brains, the enterovirus was, um, was um, 
uh, you know, shown to be associated with the first cases of autism and ME-CFS in, in Los Angeles and, and vertically transmitted. So yes, my work has been replicated. And, and in fact, this, this was with the XMRVs um, because what we showed in that paper was the first ever isolation of a new family of infectious, transmissible, and disease-associated retroviruses. And when and and um, it was replicated by Shai Xing Lo and Harvey Alter, and they were forced to withdraw their paper because they ran out of that box of samples. It was replicated by the lab of Gary Owens in the University of Virginia. It was. It still stands. You know, we're, you're still allowed to associate it with prostate cancer, and and. Um, they were and, they were fine yet, with all of this. They were exactly. fine with this research until you brought in the vaccines. But I didn't bring in the vaccines. No, no. My but I mean, until that, yeah. brought in the vaccines. Right. But they, and in they other weren't words, fine yeah. with the with the contaminated blood supply. Right. But what what was the good thing about the contaminated blood supply? Well, I was taught don't show a cause without a solution. Heh, we showed how to clean it up. Right side by side, we cleaned it up a company named Cirrus. It's a whole chapter in our book. As soon as they saw our science paper, they said, hey, we have a technology that can clean up the blood supply. So now thinking backwards to that paper of September 22nd of 2011, that was fraud, failure to confirm. It wasn't an association study. It was, do we have a test to check the blood supply? Well, yeah, we did, and they lied about it because we found the blood supply 10% contaminated. That's a big problem. When HIV AIDS, think of what Arthur Ashe and Ryan White and all those innocent people caught us. Watch the movie the band played on in the Dallas Buyers Club, and you'll see this played out for 40 years. And so, yes, it's been replicated. And when you don't use the right patient population, not all CFS, not all chronic fatigue is XMRV. We didn't say that at all. But we had the exact disease signature that they call COVID-19, and that paper was published peer-reviewed as well. And when we testified in in vaccine court cases, where where that uh, you know that was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of corruption, and I you know since 2011, I've I've experienced quite a bit. And the worst thing I ever saw is what happens to the victims of vaccine injury in vaccine court when we were serving as expert witness, and we watch these flu shots kill the old people and and say it's impossible it, it's right. sick it really R- is rico thank you for the call i want to go to the uh, the live chat and we have a question from art by sid who asks uh dr judy could you comment on micro uh, mycoplasma infection with artificially propagated eaton agent e-a-t-o-n agent i'm not sure what that refers to but does that make sense yeah, I'm not sure about Eaton agent, but I know a lot about mycoplasma from the work of Garth Nicholson, um, who also associated that with, um, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome and AIDS, and and again, Shai Xing Lo, his um, his work in the in the 80s and 90s was mycoplasma. Yeah, mycoplasma is part uh, again contaminants of vaccines. It's not just viruses. Borrelia, Babesia, Lyme disease. I don't know the e- agent. Um, we brought hepatitis B into humans on contaminated um, 
um, proteins, um, and, and, and we all know about mad cow disease, again, contaminated um, animal um, tissue, um, bone meal, I believe, in feedstocks, and mad cow disease, uh, of course, associated with prions or non-infectious material, at least um, infectious material, but um, uh, Stanley Prussner won the Nobel Prize for that, um, uh, and I forgot what year, but again, um, uh, yeah, I don't know about eating agent, okay. but I know mycoplasma is key in, in this. And I do know these things have been kind of weaponized over the past, you know. Okay. Here's another question quickly from Christian Erickson. He wants to know if, uh, your work, Dr. Judy has been replicated in other studies on XMWR virus. And if not, why not? I think he means XMRV. And XMRV. Yes. Yes. So, so what did our paper say? We isolated it. We characterize it as an infectious transmissible gamma retrovirus family. We isolated many strains, not just one, but our science paper, we were forced to say an XMRV, which I bristled at um, because the only one, because that we were told the sequence was, was similar to, but distinct from VP62, the synthetic molecular clone. And we know, no, that was fraud by Silverman and, and his, um, and his postdoc Joy Dasgupta. So so they, the, our virus did not sequence as VP62, but Abbott and Silverman and Cleveland Clinic held the patent. So we actually held the patent because they were wrong, and that wasn't the sequence of the virus, and we, in fact, were the first to isolate it. So this was the first time in... Um, in human retrovirus um, research, since um, Frank Rossetti and Bernie Poise isolated and characterized the first disease-causing retro human retrovirus, um, HTLV-1, um, and there are many strains of HTLVs, and HTLV-1 is the most pathogenic, and it's it's said to be causative for adult T cell leukemia, but associated with many other diseases. So okay, we didn't a... say cause, we said association. And this is how the journal spins the question. Absolutely, it. it's been replicated. Okay, Christian, thank you for that. We'll take another quick time out. Come back. I want to talk about hydroxychloroquine as well. Back with more of my conversation with Dr. Judy. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. All right, I'm going to go right back to the phones, and Pamela is in Tennessee. Pamela, welcome, and you're on the line with Dr. Judy. Go ahead. Yes, hi. Good morning, uh, Dr. Mikovits. Uh, I happen to see your, uh, or excuse me, listen to your show on Crowdsource of Truth with Jason uh, Goodman, and uh, it was very interesting. I uh, wanted to ask you a question. You were, uh, I think, when Fauci, Dr. Fauci, I call him Phony Fauci, um, you were in jail, and your husband had taken a book of information to the police department. Do you know whatever happened to that information? Uh, you said he wasn't able to make a copy of it or didn't think to before he turned it in to get you released because they were threatening you. Yeah, so what that was, it was literally a grocery bag of so-called notebooks. So while I was held in jail, 
remember I was arrested for on felony fugitive from justice charges. I was arrested from my home. I can't be a fugitive. I'm not running anywhere. I'm in my home I've owned since 2004. And then after, you know, so they literally fabricated a crime without a warrant or anything. So I was held in jail on a bail hold and without the opportunity to post bail or do anything. And so about the fourth day I was in jail, my husband was called by Harvey Whittemore and told he'd better go home and find the note books because the notebooks are, are there and he and and he knows they're there and uh, basically extorted him said you know you get them to the to the police officer or, or, you're, or you're basically never going to see her again she's never getting out of jail and you know and so he's you know he's he's terrorized ter- terrified anyway he's he's horrified I've never seen him work so he goes home and he finds a, a you know a linen beach bag n- with my initials on on it that were last seen in my apartment in Reno, Nevada. Um, oh, September 29th when I was fired and li- you know, literally never went back to the laboratory. Planted in there, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that Max caught them and took a picture of it on his cell phone. Max is really a hero. He lost um, you know, his ability to work forever. His life was ruined by them as well. Um, but at any rate, um, my husband did not make a copy of them because he was threatened if he did anything. He went, they were, they were taken to my lawyer, Scott Freeman. They fabricated a crime. They, they forced me to go to Reno after Thanksgiving, after I was let out of jail the next day, which I would have been anyway, because the judge didn't, you know, said, no, you can't hold her for nothing and let me go. So uh, it's unfortunate what happened with, okay. with cause Pamela, that was uh, the proof. Pamela, so thank you for my, that. But you, my lawyer these... Scott Freeman has that bag of information, and that's what I proved my innocence on March twelfth, the two thousand. I showed okay. him every word I said was true, and I'm sure nobody has that. You know, again, other than um, that information, because it was the sequences of the viruses. You know, it's. I'm sure it's what. Um, this is your work, though, right? Shouldn't you have? As I mean, you you would normally be taking these books home and working on them, and then no, taking no, them no, back no, to the no. lab. No. Oh no no no. You no. never, not in my entire career, do you take notebooks out of a lab. Um, they were locked in my desk doors in my office okay. as always. Um, but my students have to work with them. But yes, when you're fired from a job, you as a principal investigator, you're required by federal law, worse than your taxes, to maintain a copy, especially IRB, Human Research Studies. I'm the only one who knew who patient number 2623 was. They were all numbered. So only the principal investigator. And so this is a crime. I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't when they set this crime up on September 29th of 2011. Pamela, thank you for that call. Let me ask you about hydroxychloroquine, not just hydroxy, but in combination with azithromycin and and zinc, which is the protocol uh, that we've been told has been so effective by thousands of doctors in in dozens and dozens of countries Mm -hmm. what are your what are your thoughts on hydroxy um yeah what i know about it is um that it's a 70 year old essential who essential medicine um i know that it 
of the zinc, it, it literally was um, what the doctor who was heading the, the, the team of doctors to help with the um, deadly uh, Ebola virus. Um, he used that on, on the doctor who got infected in, in 2014 in Sierra Leone. Um, and that, that the reason I know about it is um, I know the doctors, um, I know the doctor and, and who was the part of that book. And, and the book is called Called for Life in the Biblical Scent, Kent and Amber Brantley. So I, he gave, it's a malaria, anti-malarial drug. It's extremely effective. It's extremely safe if used preventative, if used the right way at the right time in prevention of infection. Um, and, and of course, um, yes, that that prevented um, Dr. Kent Brantley from, you know, getting, you know, he, he was clearly exposed to, to the um, uh, Ebola virus, as, as you mentioned. And you, um, we asked early what happens when you know there's exposure, give hydroxychloroquine um, and, and uh, hydrate with fluids, keep calm, use vitamin C, use zinc, um, use other things like even, even things like oregano oil, which is broad spectrum antimicrobial berberry natural products I saw the oregano oil um, question come across there and yes we use all of those things in my home every year so yes for hydroxychloroquine again you have to use it right it's cheap it's 70 year old essential medicine um, and why are they um, keeping it from us then and why are they interfering with the patient patient doctor well, relationship? Yeah, well, because they've done this, this is what um, Mickey Willis did in the film Plandemic, what they did so well. Um, uh, they've, they've done this, you know, this is, they, they did it with peptide T in HIV AIDS. That's the subject of the Dallas Buyers Club. Use AZT at high doses, prevent um, the patients from receiving cannabis um, or type 1 interferons or peptide T, which was developed by Dr. Candace Purdy and I was part of that team. So when you start looking at these movies, this is why this is why I'm discredited, you know, because nobody walked through this entire 50-year career, um, you know, but two people and saw all of this, you know, and 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 I'm one of them and unfortunately I'm the woman on the team, so and, and um, you know, so they the the misogyny in science is on and on. It's Okay, we got to take a quick time out. We'll come back. One more segment awaits. More with Dr. Judy. Stay tuned. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. All right, a few moments remain with Dr. Judy Mikovits, and we really appreciate you hanging in for the full two hours. Uh, I guess kind of summing up, where is this headed in, in terms of this uh, pandemic? We're told, oh, there's going to be a third wave. And we're, then, we're, first of all, of course, we were told 15 days to flatten the uh, the curve. And then it, suddenly, without uh, any uh, warning, it was we, cower in your basements until we have a vaccine. Uh, where are they leading us in all this, do you think? Where is this headed? Well, you know, in everything we just talked about, they're preventing us from using natural therapies to prevent disease in general. They're forcing us into masks. They're forcing us into um, into putting toxic solutions um, 
so-called cleaners on our hands 24 hours a day. I don't know much about the um, the oregano oil, particularly from the high mountains, but they do break up the biofilm where the pathogens are stored, and that's how they hide from the immune system. So oregano oil is in is in is is very helpful, and a lot of things are very helpful. So where all this is headed, you know, if we continue to wear the masks, I, I heard in the commercials, you know, I heard in the commercials. Um, that, that, um, you know, oh, we're going to reopen the schools and we're going to reopen our, um, our eye, um, center is open. Now the worst thing you can do is wear a mask and hurt your eyes. And I had to, you know, I had to quit my eye doctor cause he wouldn't do an appointment and dilate my eyes without making me wear a mask. That's going to make me sick. So all, where all this is headed is forced vaccines, you know, forced tracking, you know, where you have a, a vaccine certificate. You can't travel like I can't travel now. We're prisoners in our own home. So, so the whole idea is to, it's going to destroy humanity. It's going to kill the 20 million people they've already injured with vaccines. Um, those that they've infected with the XMRVs, they're going to cover it up because we, we cremate them and we can't, we'll never find the virus again. And they can just say I was an idiot, um, and, and didn't know anything at all. But, um, 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 this is all, you know, you know, kill millions of people worldwide because these, these vaccines have been contaminated for 50 years. And Bobby Kennedy shows that very well in the foreword of our book. This is why it's critical right now. Every one of us, I love the way that Mickey Willis ended pandemic and I didn't see it till most of the, till the rest of the world saw it last Tuesday, but, but he ended it with kind of we, the people. It's up to each and every one of us to go outside tomorrow, take off the mask, speak the truth in love, say no thank you. Um, you know, I'm not going to participate in assisted suicide. You're not going to shoot me with another vaccine shot of any kind until you prove to me they're clean of these contaminants. They're free of mercury. They're free of toxic aluminum. The Gotti paper in Italy, there are two scientists in Italy who published a paper in 2017, and I probably shouldn't say their name. They get attacked a lot. Um, but um, uh, on on investigation in an electron microscope and all the contaminants, how horrifically dirty these vaccines are. It's mandate vaccines. If you'll give up your right to breathe air, your most basic God-given right to breathe air, what else will you do? And so uh, we want to support those businesses, start our own schools, start our own communities. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to die. There won't be a second wave. There won't be new infections. There won't be a new strain. It's infection by injection. The way they told you that virus spread through the world is not how that virus, oh, come on. Somebody didn't eat, um, didn't cook their bat properly in a seafood market you know the bats were 100 miles away but 
you know, the, 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 the virus, the Wuhan facility, the Fort Detrick facilities, you know, the water was contaminated, the soils contaminated, everything's contaminated. They were shut down for safety concerns in both facilities, both biosafety level force. They shipped that cell line containing those viruses, many viruses. It's not just SARS-CoV-2 in that Vero monkey kidney cell manufacturer. They shipped that around the world to Switzerland. The, the, the 2015 paper shows you Switzerland, North Carolina, you know, Canada, biosafety level four. They, they, you know, they flew that vaccine around the world and drove it through the pop, the sickest populations with a flu vaccine. And, and those papers, this is not my opinion, it's published. You don't give a flu vaccine, you're more likely to get a coronavirus. Why are we doing it again? Why is America, look, they now expose that they lied about the numbers. Really? You know, 6% of the people, far less than an influenza um, um, season, um, not saying it's not important, but again, they didn't know there's no proof, even 6%, even 9,000 people in this country died of SARS-CoV-2. Show me the virus. Show me the data like I showed you the data. And they can't refute the data. And that's why they just character assassinate. So where this is all headed is, is if we don't, you know, close these, our food is contaminated. GMOs are dangerous. Glyphosate, Roundup, causes cancer. You know, Bobby Kennedy Jr. Um, won that lawsuit for causing cancer in those workers. When are we going to? They haven't done their job. Their very job is food and drug safety. The drugs aren't safe. The natural products are. The FDA keeps us from using the natural products, interfering with the doctor-patient relationship, shuts down people making type 1 interferons that are known safe, that stop these coronaviruses from jumping species, and would prevent this disease. A natural, safe vaccine, a few sprays in the mouth every day, and we haven't been able to use it for 40 years. My very first job. You know, when will these people, the same thing, the, the CDC is a criminal organization. You know, Dell Bigtree um, it, it won the lawsuit and Bobby Kennedy at Children's Health Defense. They won the lawsuit and the I Can Decide Network for um, saying that the CDC had to take off its websites um, vaccines don't cause autism because they couldn't produce one study that said they definitively showed they couldn't cause autism. And we let know me, we've won those cases in vaccine court. So where just, it's uh, all going to end is we just have to stop. OK, let me swing it back to uh, to mm -hmm. uh, coronavirus for a moment. And if it is, you know, a, a naturally occurring a virus, as as the official version goes, mm -hmm. uh, and that it jumped species. Mm -hmm. uh, how how long would that take normally? Well, that evolution could be up to eight hundred years, you know, or at least. In fact, um, in one of the the situations where it was clear, I said the same thing as the mainstream media doctor, you know, and the and the. Uh, 
I forgot the name of the interviewer who twisted my words um, on the on the particular show. She even said they said, well, there's another thing coming out. And she said, oh, no, that'll take, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 years of natural evolution not to worry about that. This is accelerated evolution. And we're accelerating it by manufacturing, by using these cell lines. We've got to stop this kind of research and rethink mixing animal and human tissues and injecting them. Again, this is infection by injection. You don't need an infectious particle if you've injected the blueprint, the RNA. And this is why those COVID-19, the mRNA vaccines, that's regulatory. And they're putting them in every cell of your body. They're going to kill a lot of people with that shot. And it doesn't have to have any animal tissue or anything else in it. Doesn't have to be contaminated. Doesn't need anything because they've already loaded up our children. They Here in California, those little kids wearing those mask, they're going to get very sick and reactivate an awful lot of those um, uh, vaccines. And, and, and they're mandated to get those vaccines right now, go to school and wear a mask. This is insanity. I, I mean, I hope, you know, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, Dr. Redfield, these people have committed federal crimes on those papers I mentioned, that federal fraud. That that's that those are serious fraudulent crimes. We need to take the whole system down and and and, and go back to natural medicine and a doctor-patient relationship, any doctor. And and I've 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 offered President Trump in, in many of my PowerPoint presentations, you know, uh, let's defund it all. Let's start over. Um, and uh, any response? Uh, no, <laughs> but he can do it. I, I, I actually see the response in his actions. He's taking hydroxychloroquine. Right. You know, he's 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 using convalescent plasma. Is that perfect? But that's a hundred year old solution. We know it worked in the case of Kent Brantley in the Ebola that stopped right. in its track that that epidemic. So, you know, he's making these changes. But I think it's up to us. Where all right. it's all headed, we won't see it again if we all stand up, take off the mask, open our businesses, go back and say, no more fraud, we're done. Well, they are uh, marching en masse in Berlin as we speak, although they're not reporting it uh, in the mainstream uh, media. Uh, Dr. Judy, thank you so much for hanging in these last two hours. Uh, very, very interesting, informative, and uh uh, we'll see what happens to the uh, the YouTube live stream, whether that's taken down. And uh, um, anyway, I hope uh, I hope you can join us again and again. The books Plague, One Scientist's Intrepid Search for the Truth About Human Retroviruses and Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Autism and Other Diseases, Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith in the Promise of Science and The Case Against Masks, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited. Dr. Judy, thanks again. Thanks, Richard. It was a delight. All right. Back next week, we'll talk about the robotics revolution and why we are so woefully ill-prepared for the economic tsunami that is coming. Massive displacement. That's next week for the full two hours with robotics educator Dennis Combites. All right. That's it for me. Back next week with a brand new show. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. 
Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.